Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number triple three, 333, Great Stories, Positive Attitudes, and Box Calls, with Tim Murdoch, and I am your co-host, and the guy who got a new turkey hunting toy today. And I'm your co-host, and the guy who has been all over the turkeys so far. Yes, you have. Just without a gun. Yes, you have. I've gotten a few videos from you that I have enjoyed seeing. Man, I've been, I love preseason because you're not competing, and you get to really just go enjoy them. And yesterday was a cool experience in the pouring rain. You know, everybody gets up and goes and sits in the pouring rain to look at turkeys, right? Not me. (laughs) Well, I got up yesterday, went to the gym at 4.15, got my full workout in, then went to the woods. So didn't change anything about my day other than got to see the sunrise through a bunch of rain yeah and got two gobblers to come in to about 10 yards so that was pretty pretty cool well worth it to me 
And then this morning I had a gobbler come up a different area to about 70 to 75 yards. But they're not real tore up about it yet here in Tennessee. They're, they're not gobbling a whole lot. Yeah. It, I mean, today was a perfect, perfect day. And that one gobbled three times on the roost, and that was it. Man, a so. perfect day, perfect morning, and it was a frog strangler here in Birmingham this morning. Well, that was what it was yesterday morning here. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe they maybe they'll crank up here pretty soon. It's been warm. You know, we haven't had a nice string of sunny days here. You know, kind of back to back to really get them going. Yeah, it's been. You know, you get one nice day and then there are two days of rain and then one nice day. So, I think they're on the cusp. I think if we get one three or four day stretch here, we might get it rolling. Well, we've had a couple of strings of very nice weather here in central Alabama and. The birds are still not crunk, but they are hinned up. And so, you know, the old saying, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. These toms have lots of birds in the hand. (laughs) So they have no reason to advertise or to exclaim their whereabouts right now. I went this weekend and heard a little bit of goblin on the roost. And I mean a very little bit of gobbling on the roost, but really not much to speak of on the ground at all. But it's it's going to happen. It's just going to get better from here. The problem is people like me and you and 84% of the people that listen to this podcast. And that is we're ready for it today. I'm ready. Today. We're ready. I was ready today. yesterday. We're ready right now. I want to walk outside right now in my backyard and hoot and hear one gobble on the roost or gobble walking towards the roost. How pretentious of these turkeys to only gobble two or three times. Like, they possess the coolest sound in the world that brings more pleasure to me than anything, and they won't rip, you know, a couple hundred for me when I don't even have a gun. Yeah. Uh, It just makes me want to kill them even more. It's an insult. It really is. Well, is your new toy going to make them gobble? What'd you get? I hesitated to even say it, and by the time we speed this recording up and truncate some silence out of the recording, you guys listening may not even hear the hesitation, because I don't think I'm ready to let the cat out of the bag yet. Whoa. Yeah. Wow, we got a secret, huh? It's it's a bit of a secret, but if it works like I think it's going to work, it's going to be pretty darn cool. If it doesn't work like I think it's going to work, I'm going to look like an idiot, a fool. But I'll probably look like a fool anyway. It's not one of these hats that has a turkey fan on it, is it? Oh, no, no. That's against the law in Alabama anyway. Oh, yes. Okay. That's right. Just, just, Just check. By the way... All of you listeners in Alabama, put your fans up. I don't yeah. mean up in the air. I don't mean Everybody wave them like they just don't care. Fans up. Yeah, don't put your fans up. Put your <laughs> fans away. I don't want to see you fanning a turkey out in a, in a pasture, and I have to call the game warden on you. That is not going to be good. Fanning is illegal in the great, well, formerly great state of Alabama. It is illegal, so don't do it. Don't you cannot, do it. cannot fan turkeys this year wouldn't be prudent well cool well i'm excited to hear about your new toy when when you feel that the time is right if you ever want to reveal this deep secret that you have 
I will let the cat out of the bag at some point, but it will not be anytime soon. Well, gotta test it first. <laughs> it can ha- it, it could be next week. The cat may be out of the bag next week by the time we record. I'm excited. I'm excited to to hear or see or know about it. I don't I don't know what I'm thinking about here, but until that time. Oh yeah. Do you want to give are, us a countdown? <laughs> we are two days. Two. That's T W O days. Twelve mm-hmm. hours. 33 minutes and 53 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. And if it sounds like I'm rubbing it in your nose, all of you people in another part of the country that your season doesn't start in two days. Sucks for you. I would say (laughs) it might really be that I'm rubbing it in your nose a little bit right now, but your time will come. I'll have my bottom lip poked out, and you'll be running around all excited because your season starts in two days and mine's over. So, yeah. anyway. Tennessee was... opens in 17 days, 12 hours, and 8 minutes. I'll be cranking it off in Georgia this yes, weekend. Sir. Yes, sir. And to our Mississippi brethren, hope y'all are finding some success. I've heard it's been kind of a wet one down there to start the year. Ooh, yeah. But hopefully y'all are finding some turkeys and enjoying the woods already because mississippi is in florida is in I believe that's it so far this weekend we got quite a few openings don't forget about hawaii oh and hawaii is in i would never want to forget those people and i guess this weekend we got what alabama georgia north florida mm-hmm. california is it open this weekend it would not surprise me but I'm not it opens sure. late March. It may it's either this weekend or next. So it's it's here and about to be in full swing. We're about to be nationwide in a couple weeks. Once April gets here, we'll really have a bunch rolling. Yeah, no doubt. But to hold everybody over, if you aren't in season yet, this week's show. Holy cow! It may this may be one of my favorite shows we've done. To it, be completely honest, it is on my favorites list. Yeah. This is one of my For favorites sure. by far, and I would say one of the more encouraging shows we've ever done. And in, in, if you listen to this show and it doesn't make you appreciate every second you get to spend in the turkey woods, then you're just lost because this will make you, every time that turkey comes into the into range, you're going to, I think you'll appreciate him just a little bit more after this week's show. And not only that, but it it's going to make you forget about all the nastiness and hatred. I, I can't really say hatred because we really don't hate each other as hunters. But it's going to make you forget about the nastiness and the jealousness of all of what you see on social media, you know, and, and the divisiveness of social media. This is going to make you forget all about it because you're going to say, you know what, there still are some salt of the earth, really good people who will drop everything and bend over backwards to help out others. Yeah. And my hat's off to those people. And if all that's not good enough for you at this week's show, if you listen at the end, you're going to get a couple of tips that we've just barely let slide in there. (laughs) (laughs) And that's only because I edited the audio. The tips are staying in against my better judgment. But seriously, great show. I'm thinking before we hop in this, though, I do want to say I've heard from a couple folks who've said they have ordered sausage from the Real Cajun Market, and we appreciate y'all doing that. 
I've had a couple people reach out and say, hey, I ordered some, can't wait to get it. Uh, you know, once you get it in, shoot us a message and let us know how it goes for you. But that's yeah. who's sponsoring our show is the Real Cajun Market, Cullen Lord. And make sure you go over to his Facebook page, the Real Cajun Market on Facebook, and order as much sausage as your freezer can fit in it. It's real and it's definitely Cajun. Indeed. And I got a text message from Cullen over the weekend. And so Colin mentioned to me that their menu of products got pulled down from Facebook because of there were some questions about a couple of the products that Facebook had and, and there just weren't any answers out there for that. So Colin said to call his wife with any orders. And so I'm going to give out the phone number for Ann Lord. And you guys feel free to call Ann with any orders for the Real Cajun Market at least for a few more weeks. Her number is 678-471-1150. Again, 678-471-1150. So give Ann a call, place your orders. Don't go to Facebook and try to place an order right now because I don't think it's going to work for you. So until he gets his website working, the e-commerce part of his website, and until Facebook gets his menu back up, then I think the best way to order it's going to be to call in. So Cameron's yep. right. Do that and enjoy. Please do that. Absolutely. And with that said, I say we hop in here and listen to some turkey hunting. It's an encouragement. I'm excited about listening to this interview again. So yeah, let's <laughs> play this thing. All right, see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. Cameron and I are glad to tell you that we have a special guest with us this evening. We have Mr. Tim Murdoch on the line with us, and he is from Beckley, West Virginia. And Tim is a turkey hunter with a incredible story that he's going to share with us and has just a passion not only for the sport, but for turkey callers like many of us do. And so we're going to dive into that a little bit as well. So first of all, I want to say, Tim, welcome and thank you for joining us. And how are you today? I'm doing great. It's been a great day here. We're in the 70s finally here in Beckley, West Virginia, and turkeys are starting to gobble and it's, it's getting me ramped up. Heck yeah. Yeah. So you've been out and listening already? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went out there one morning there and heard a few, but you know, with the sun coming out and it's been kind of cold here and the sun's coming out, it's warming up and they're, they're going to start ramping up. No doubt. Yeah. Awesome. Y'all season, West Virginia comes in what, mid-April? Is that right? April 19th is the regular season okay. and I'll be taking my, my little girl Taylor out for the youth season, the 17th. That's going to be awesome. So how old is your daughter? She's 11. Okay. And Will this be I her got, first? I probably got her. No, I actually took her last year a couple of times. Unfortunately, we come close a bunch of times. Wasn't able to close the deal, but I, I got a good feeling this year. I like it. come through. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Very good. Well, you know, we're going to chit-chat a good bit more, but I'm, I'm sure the people listening to the show would like to hear your story and, and a little bit yeah. about how we got you on here with us and and so i'd like for you to share your yeah. story with us and then maybe or maybe cameron wants to do a little prelude to your story i just wanted to say you know 
Tim reached out to me on Facebook, and he was kind of talking to me about, I don't even remember what sparked the conversation. It was something with box calls and, and maybe doing Jake Yeltsin or gobbling on a box call. I think I mentioned that in one of our past yeah. episodes. And that's what you reached out to me about. But then you said at the end of the conversation, you know, you kind of said, yeah, I kind of have an interesting story. Well, you underplayed mm-hmm. that big time in my mind and then you ended up sending me a video that some guys did with you and one heck of a story but before we kind of get to what makes it just super interesting to me when did you start turkey hunting and kind of what got you into it i'd like to hear about your upbringing with with turkey hunting well it, it started actually back in 1983 me and my dad was squirrel hunting and you know, i was a big boy he kind of went around the hillside and i thought somebody was walking down the hill you know across the holler there and i said man here comes somebody and all of a sudden man it was it was like 15 17 turkeys come down through there and i have been hooked line and sinker the whole way through it was just something like i watched them and i was just in awe i was amazed so after they cleared out and went around through there dad said you see those turkeys i said oh yeah and he said you think we could turkey hunt didn't know nothing about it nothing so i got and found out you know they had the spring season is in April. So the one interesting story is, so we go down the road. I only live about a quarter of a mile from where I bought my first mouth call. It was just a double read. That was it. I had nothing else. I just went with one mouth call. I could hoot with my hands. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all started. But I'll tell you real quick, the, the first hunt I ever went on is me, my dad, and a family member. And we got out of the Jeep air, and my dad asked me, so where are you going to go? He said, well, I'm going on down, down the trail piece. He said, okay. So, yeah. Anyway, we went down the holler and back up on the other side. But if you went straight across, it was about two, 250 yards across the holler. So it started, and I started yelping, and the turkeys were gobbling. I was just in awe. I'm like, man, this is just, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, I was just nervous and, and just yelping, and they was just gobbling. It seemed like I was getting surrounded. But I was in a bad spot. When I sat down, I couldn't see down over the hill, so it was a flat, and I couldn't see down in that holler where they were coming around through there at. All of a sudden, it was like, boom, and then it was right over there across where the Jeep was, and Dad was coming around there. He said, where was that shot at? And I said, that was across the holler. So we went back over there, over there, and the family member was there, and he he didn't go down the trail like he said. Those turkey was gobbling, so he just sat down right there by the Jeep, and <laughs> Dad said, well, did you get him? He said, right, that I couldn't shoot for a while because he said I'd shot the grill out of the front of the Jeep. As a 13-year-old kid back in 1984 when springtime, I didn't even care because what I really thought in my heart, I did that. I'm the one that brought that turkey around through there because he was going to cut across a holler where I was at. Yeah. He was able to take it. So it just yeah. made me just feel like. I, I did something, and I was just, that was it. From then on out, I was ate up with it. Man, Heck awesome. yeah, that's an awesome first story for sure. Oh, yeah, it was, it was just a, a hunt of a lifetime for me right there. Yeah, that that would get me hooked. In fact, I'm hooked. Oh, yeah. I'm, I think I'm, we all are. <laughs> you got me fired up and ready to go. I'm going to go in 10 days. <laughs> yeah. That's how fired up I am. That's cool. I mean, that's... You know, to go out there with a with a call and I mean, how so you and I are about the same age and mm-hmm. where I mean, where did you get your knowledge and know what to do when you went out there? I mean, did you talk to some older hunters or what what did you do to to know what to do when you got out there? 
didn't. You know, I watched a few tapes, you know, on VHS. Yeah. And my dad was a coal miner, which you guys don't realize. A coal miner doesn't have very much patience. It's always go, go, go. So when I was young hunting with dad, if if the turkey quit gobbling for about 20 minutes, he's like, ah, he's gone, let's go. Well, you know, Will's me. You get up and all of a sudden, yeah. it didn't take us long to figure out to sit down yeah. and stay there. So it was it was a lot of trial and error. You know, when I first started practicing with the mouth call, I'm like I am now. I just practice and just practice time after time and try to get the cadence and the clucks and that's how i really learned how to call was off of a cassette tape yeah yeah because that, that was the, the technology back then yeah you're right there was not much info out there back in the day and you know if you now there's plenty yeah absolutely now it's almost oh, yeah. overload yeah oh yeah so there's 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 a lot of information out there and you know guys sometimes you you got to take some of this information with a grain of salt you got to pick and choose what works for you yeah as you know you know in the calling techniques and calling and all this yeah you know the sounds of a turkey yeah but that you know it just goes to prove yeah. hopefully prove to the listeners of the show who are new to turkey hunting that what you're doing and trying to learn this sport is nothing that you cannot overcome. You know, you can learn yeah. it and you can have success oh, with absolutely. it. You know, if, if Tim yeah. can do it back in the early eighties with no real instruction or guidance, and uh-huh. I can do it in the late eighties, early nineties with no real instruction or guidance, you guys can do it today with all the instruction and guidance that's out there. I mean, it's it's a lot different now. Oh yeah, it's a wealth of information out there, and there's a lot of great hunters in this across this land. There sure is. There's a lot of information you could pick up. Yeah, yeah, awesome. No doubt. Well, so from there, your first turkey hunting experience. Where where did you kind of go from there? You were hooked. So I assume you went back and you got to shoot one at some point. I'm guessing. Yeah. And- and it, it seemed like the next couple of years was just a little rough. You know, my dad, he, like I said, he's a coal miner. And I would say, Dad, are we going on opening day? He said, yeah. And instead of him taking a vacation day, the man would work a double shift on Sundays. And then he'd be coming in the early morning, and then he'd pick me up, and away we'd go. Wow. And that's wow. Just, just the way it was back in the day, you know. And it, it took a couple of years, you know, because, like I said, you know, with Dad, it was it was pretty much, you know, you, you had to learn. You had to, I had to learn on the fly with Dad. And I was just a kid, and yeah. I spooked a lot. We spooked a lot of turkeys, and that's part of it. At the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was a rough time. But after after it starts clicking in your mind, you start realizing what works and what doesn't. Just like a, a keynote is, you know, if you kind of get in there late, and let's just say it's starting to break daylight, do not cross a power line. Them turkeys love the roost in them power lines. You step a foot in that power line, you want them to fly away, that's what you do. Yeah. You stay back. you got to get in there. If you want to get across that power line, you better get it there in the in dark. Yeah. And it's just little things like that you yeah. just learn. It's trial and error back in the days. Because, you know, the I've watched some VH tap tapes and the only thing they really showed was killing i mean that's just all it was it wasn't no techniques it was like yeah, a, a video and there set up be, shoot, yeah yeah it'd be 40 hunts on there but it'd be two three minutes maybe five minutes of the bird coming in view it wasn't them calling at them and trying to set up in and doing different techniques to, to work that bird yeah yeah well and then you throw on top of that 1980s cameras and tv and oh. man it's hard to believe we ever watched anything on TV and got something out of it compared to what we have today. <laughs> oh, 
Oh yeah, it, and, it and is like unbelievable. Said, there's a lot of there's a wealth of amount of knowledge out nowadays. Yeah, but you know, in my opinion, patience is 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 key. I'm telling you right now, I've I've set up on birds and I haven't heard them gobble for 45 minutes, and then you start thinking, did he leave? Well, I pull out a crow call, hit that, and he'll gobble right there. Like he's still there. Don't get up. Stay right there. A lot of patience. Yep, that is for sure. That is for yeah, sure. Yes. So. Along into your story, you had something, you know, kind of happen. So would you mind kind of sharing that part of what happened? Yes, absolutely. Well, in 1999, I thought I just had to go to the eye doctor because it was in my left. My left eye was giving me problems. So I go to the eye doctor there at Walmart thinking I need glasses. And he's doing these tests and everything. And he kind of cocked his head to the side and he said, you got a problem. I said, what? glasses or he said no glasses ain't going to fix what you got and then he told me he said you got glaucoma in your left eye and at that time glaucoma i just didn't know what that was you know if i heard of it i thought old people got that you know i was 20 i was 27 28 at the time and so i said well is this bad he said well if it doesn't get treated you could go blind within a year so they scheduled me the that evening to go to Green Bay Eye Clinic up there. And I went in, and the doctor's doing this and that, and he's starting to tell me about glaucoma. He said, you have the most aggressive. There's different types of glaucoma, but I had the most aggressive. And I said, well, if I don't get this treated, can I go blind within a year? He said, no, maybe two. So they, they treated me. They put me on drops. And as time went on, the drops wasn't doing as good of a job, so they had to put in there was a bleb. And what they did was they had to make a cut in there and sew the ends, so the fluid would come off, so I wouldn't have that pressure in my eye doing damage to my optic nerve. Hmm. And as as time went on, in 2009, I got another eye disease called an optic pit with the glaucoma in my right eye. And then that's what really done a lot of damage. And then the doctor said, you know, in order for you to get these two eye diseases, you could win the mega lottery 10, 15 times in a row, week after week after week. We're getting struck by lightning over 400 times. Wow. They, yeah. they tried to fix it, but it just it just didn't work. I went through multiple eye surgeries. I've had four gas bubbles. I'm sorry, three gas bubbles and a silicone bubble put in there. And I don't know if any listeners ever had a gas bubble. It's not fun. It's staring down at a floor for a month and a half at a time because what it is, you got to wait till that <laughs> gas bubble breaks up. Wow. But after, but after that, you know, and that was in 2000. Nine, you know, I I thought, man, my turkey turkey days are over. That, that was that was the end yeah. of. It. You know, honestly, fellas, I could say that I thought I just want to give it up. You know, what, what else can I do? Yeah. And my daughter Kaylin said, "I'll go with you." And you know, grace of God, she, she went and she's been my hunting buddy ever since. And I I just called in. You know, I've called in turkeys for That's a lot awesome. of guys. And you know, and one other thing is, you know, back to like you know. We were talking back in the day, you know, whenever I was in college, quick little story for you. It's funny. I went to college, and the spring season come in, and me and my buddy, we doubled that day. Went the next day, and he killed one. And I thought, man, I'm I'm, I'm about out. We're, you've got one tag left. So I was at a, at a college, and this sounds weird nowadays, but you could bring your guns into the dorm rooms. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the truth. I mean, the good old days. You had to be case, but yeah, you bring it in the dorm rooms. The next thing they would say, Murdoch, my buddy said, Murdoch's a great caller. Next thing I know, man, I had people lined up wanting to go. But the thing was, we weren't hunting our turkeys. We had to go on their property to hunt the turkeys. Yeah. That was a fantastic Yeah, you don't want your own. Yeah, and, and the thing is, man, 
next thing I know, I was getting notices in the mailbox about missing too many classes, and my grade suffered. <laughs> it, it's, it's a miracle that I was actually passed, but, you know, I, I had a great time there. I mean, going with guys all the time. Yeah, no doubt. That's awesome. So and, are you are you 100% blind in both eyes? Yes, sir. Absolutely, 100%. Wow. So if, if, if I go out, you know, I go out quite a bit with uh, Hound. My big hunting buddy, Kalen, my mother hunting buddy. If I go with him, it's grab a hold of a sh- shoulder and we go. If we come to a down log, they'll say six inch step over, eight inch step over. If there's some some branches in the way, they'll say duck, stay duck, 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 duck. You know, we do it quietly, you know, until we get past that point. And it's going down these mountains of West Virginia, and that that's it's rough on me. No, I but bet. there's nothing going to stop. There's nothing that's going to stop. Yeah, I'll tell you right Lord. now, I, I've got it. Damn. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And, you know, just, I, I totally get the determination and, you know, I'm sure there are days when, you know, or were days when, you know, not long after all this happened that you were like, you know yeah. what, I, I just, I can't keep doing this. You know, I, I, it was I, rough. It, yeah. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. It's rough. But this but, is, you know, God is good. Yeah. No doubt. I give, I give the glory, I give glory to God that he gets me through this. Yeah. And yeah. from the video, that I watch you, you're very strong in your faith and, and I uh, can sir. see how that would be really the only thing that, that, you know, could keep you at, at that time when I'm sure things were low for you, you know, keep you going. Yes. You know, the, the thing is guys, you know, I give glory to God that he wakes me up in my right mind every day. I'm able to brush my teeth. I'm able to get myself dressed. My wife puts my pills out for me. I know exactly where everything's at. You know, then you think about people that's laying in the beds, you know, and they're way worse shape than I am. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's 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 a reality check for sure. Yeah. Uh, was there a, a time where you kind of like, did you realize like I'm I'm going blind? Like, was there a point where you knew kind of your vision was was not going to be there very long, or did it just kind of happen? Yes, it was it was it was aggressive, but it was a little bit of time. You know, like I said at first, I could I remember looking at the place where I work, and I'd say, "Man, I can't." I'd close my right eye and I'd say, "Man, I can't see there." So that building down there, it's closing. I'd look with my right eye and I go back to my left. But as as time goes, guys, with that with glaucoma, as your eyesight goes, it's kind of almost like it's to a point where you're almost looking through a straw. Well, just imagine you're looking through a straw and everything's black outside. But looking at that straw, mm-hmm. it's your center center vision. But yeah, and and you know it, it, you know I was fortunate enough to have the eyesight as long as I have. And some people don't have that fortune. I I know what a car looks like, and I know what a tree looks like, a turkey. I understand these things. Yeah. But there's some people they have no idea. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. And you know, to appreciate those things, you know, and know that you're given a gift in just like you said, waking up every day. And I hope that everyone that listens to this show that's perfectly healthy today doesn't take that gift for granted. It is a gift. And, you know, listen to Tim talk, you know, he's by being blind in both eyes, he's got it worse than, you know, physically than most of us do, but he's got the right attitude and the right mindset. And, you know, uh, we're talking to somebody that loves life and, one of those mm-hmm. big loves in life is turkey hunting. So yeah, absolutely. Yep. How tell us a yeah. little bit about? Um, so all right, I was introduced to you, and I assume it's the same way that Cameron was through a video of a hunt that you were taking on. Yeah, 
with some friends. And so tell us a little bit, just explain that to us. How did that hunt come about? And then, you know, tell, kind of walk us through the hunt because, you know, we can see the video, but we can't get it from your, from your perspective, from, you know, what, what you experienced. Okay. If I could, let me back up just a smidge. Please. And I will... I'll tell you about the, the, the last hunt that I actually set up on a turkey. I was there, you know, back home and was coming around the side of this mountain there, and there was an exposed gas line. And, I mean, you could smell it. I mean, it was just really super strong. And I sit there, and I was got ready to call, and I said, I guarantee you there's going to be a, tur- a gobbler right here. And, man, I yelped, and bam, he hit 50 yards. I mean, it was just everything for me to come down and sit down. And I could smell that gas. And I had that gun on that turkey for like 20 minutes. And I was like, I had safety. I said, shoot or don't shoot. You know, I don't know if that would ignite it or not. I don't know. Yeah. But I wasn't taking that chance. And finally, I just couldn't hold the gun anymore. And I started trying to ease it down. I was hoping he'd leave so I could try to call him back. But that ate, I'm going to tell you guys, that ate at me for years. Knowing, thinking at that time, that was the last time I was going to be able to opportunity to take a turkey. Because that's the last season, you know, I was able to. So, wow. 10 years did you? Before, did you kind of know how your vision was was going at that time? Yes, yes, I I, I knew the writing on the walls, but I didn't think it'd be that soon because that optic pit didn't hit that right eye quite yet. What optic pit is? It's a bleeding behind your eye, and it actually pushes on that optic nerve, and that is what everything started being in the you know disappearing. You know, at first I noticed, well, I'm looking at a red light. Oh, that's fuzzy. The next day I'd be driving, I'd be like, huh, where's that red light at? Wow. And then that that was that was the writing on the walls. And it was shortly after that, after all the surgeries, I just, there was nothing else they could do. Wow. Yeah. But with, with, the, with the hunt, you know, Shane Simpson got in touch with me. And actually my, my daughter, Kayla Ness, Chris Ness, they knew Shane Simpson, Randy Dumay. And they said, you know, let's, let's give... Murdoch a opportunity to try to take another turkey. So I was approached with the opportunity of taking this turkey and they said, well, how do you want to do this? Do you want to have a thing up where you push the button and it actually shoots? Or do you want to hold the gun? Well, of course, you know, I'd love to hold the gun, but I just didn't understand how we was going to get this done. Yeah. So the technology that they had was actually in a, in a seat with, you know, that holds the gun and they would have it pointed at the decoy and Randy actually had a mount that sit on the side of the scope where you could film your own hunt. But what he did, he flipped that so he could get behind me. He's looking at that viewer on the on the screen on his telephone and they had that red dot in the center. And that's wow. the technology that they were talking about. And that was that was over that's in awesome. Wisconsin. Yeah. But you know, the the, the opportunity to take that, you know, I guys, I, I admit, you know, I broke down crying whenever they said, you know, we're going to get you a turkey. You're going to pull the trigger. You're going to, you're going to be behind that trigger. And I was like, man, I just, I was overwhelmed with uh, emotions. Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Yeah. And it was, it was just, it was so, so emotional. And you go through these things, guys, you know, and a lot of us guys, you know, you take things for granted of, you're turkey hunt from year to year and you're always thinking what what the next year is going to bring but you just don't know and then the opportunity to do that again was just amazing mm. yeah but, but we was able to we was able to sit up in a, in a ground blind it was it was a little packed it was you know shane and myself and kayla my daughter and randy demay so the, the morning started off and <laughs> it got this was April 7th. If I'm not mistaken, I, I can't, don't quote me on that day. It was summer right in there. You wake up, 
it's 16 degrees with a wind chill of like six. <laughs> and it's like Ooh. eight inches, eight, eight inches of snow. Well, you know, Good. I said, man, I'm able to maybe take a bird in the snow. That's something I've always wanted to do as well. But it, it started off with a, a turkey gobbling out in the distance. And that turkey was, he was hammering. And then when he hit the ground, you could just tell how he gobbled so hard that, you know, he was, he was coming. I mean, he was, he was, he was coming in on a string. So we get, get set up and everything. And, and myself, I forgot to put a mouth call in. Didn't even think about it, you know. Yeah. But good old Shane, he, he had his mouth call in. So I figured, well, yeah, if Shane's going to run a mouth call. I, that's, that's the person you want to run a mouth call. He can run one. <laughs> Yeah, he can, he can run he, from trees. He's good. okay at it. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's done it time too. So, so the bird was coming in, and he kind of he kind of was hesitant at first, and so it came on in, and it came at 17 yards. And Randy, you know, he's behind me, you know, left, left, right, right, up, up, down, down. And I told Randy, I said, when you say shoot, there's no say. Oh wait! I mean, as soon as I heard the word shoot, I'm going after it. I'm not, I'm not here to shoot in one bit. And so, you know, got on the bird and boom, and it takes off. And then, you know, I don't know what's going on. You know, in my world, it's just, it's no cheering. There's no yay. There's no hip hip parade. There's yeah. nothing. So it, it didn't take me long to figure out a mess. So mm. Randy only put one shell in the gun because he thought it was going to be a one and done. He forgot to put another shell in there. So Shane starts doing his little sweet talking and was able to call that bird back as Randy got the uh, shell back in the gun. And on that mount, the phone flew off there, so we had to find it on the ground Gosh. and I had to get that mounted back in now. So, so everything's not going according what a hunt. to this time. It's a lot of downs, but you know, God showed himself. The, the bird come in. And the the special thing about this hunt, guys, I was able to use my eight seventy twelve gauge, and yeah. God was in it because I had a modif- I had a modified choke in that thing, and at forty two yards, I was able to take that bird. Well, wow. after after that, it's just I'm a crybaby. I mean, I'm just it's just it's so much to handle. I mean, it's just so much of of thinking. You know, man, I was able to do it again. I don't have to think about that. <clears throat> That last time I was able to take aim on that bird, yeah. on that on that gas line, and and it was just off. Yeah. I mean, guys, you just don't understand. At that time, I was forty forty six, and you know, I've taken. I was able. I've been fortunate enough to take quite a few birds in my life and call a bunch in for other guys, but that was that was over the top. Yeah, mm. and so. That was the first bird that you killed in probably what. Ten years, okay. Ten years. Wow, mm-hmm. man. Wow. So the, yeah. till that one, your last vision was that gas line turkey for ten years. Yeah, yeah. And it, like I said, it's a special. I can't. I just can't thank Shane and Randy and and Kaylin and Chris Ness and the guys that come through and was able to do that for me. I mean, I could never thank them enough. I mean, it's just absolutely that was high highs right there for me. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. This might, this might sound weird, but as that was going on, I had the picture in my head of how that was all playing out. It, it sounds weird. I've seen enough hunts myself personally of how birds act and everything, but I just I got that in my head, and nobody could tell me different. Heck, yeah. It how didn't happen any differently. Yeah, that's right. It, it happened just like you have it in your head. I mean, there there's, you know, that's, that's exactly what happened. So 
how much you guys had a, had a, a I'm going to say it's a nifty setup for you as far as, you know, the chair with the rest on it. But, you know, this this uh-huh. stuff, these things are readily available. It's just a matter of, good, you know, putting forth the effort to get this stuff and, and get it together and get it set up so that it can be used. But uh-huh. did you practice at all? Did, did, is Randy, no, I that's who was in the blind with you? Yes, that Randy DeMay, yes. Okay. No, but, no, no, no shooting or... Wow practicing or, or anything it was just uh you know in, in my mind i was like man maybe i should shoot 100 rounds i don't know i ain't shot a gun in in 10 or 10 years or so in but you know like i said god showed himself and anything's possible yeah that's awesome and, and so have you go ahead since Tim. then have you killed any other turkeys yes it was i know you've been on another video yep it was, the, it was the following year nathan taylor and one of my good buddies chris long well, them two got together, and they was come up with another hunt. I went with uh, Nathan Taylor. He, he's a call maker. And I went with him up there in Ripley, West Virginia, and that was with Ross Minglinger and my buddy Old Kaylin. She 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 tagged along too for that one, and that was a very <laughs> special hunt. You know, there's there's a the video of it. I mean, it's not that goblin and, and a thousand times or coming in there. I want to tell you guys. God was in that hunt. I'll tell you how this mm. one played out. So that morning, the turkeys were gobbling really good on the roost. Hit the ground, gobbled a time or two, nothing. Shut up, done. Typical, you know, morning sometimes. Mm. I was able to call a hen in. She missed around there in our sit-up there with a Jake decoy and a breeding hen and a, uh, a hen, I think, a feeding hen or something. So she she missed around there for, for a few minutes. And it was a cattle pasture field, and it went out here about 125, 150 yards, and it went up to the side of a hill, and there was a barbed wire fence. And Nathan looked out through there, and he said, man, there's two black things up there. And it was turkey. Now, he couldn't tell what it was, but he could say they would come down there to that barbed wire fence and drift back up the hillside, come down there a little bit. Well, they kept on doing that for a little bit. Next thing I heard, Nathan said, oh, no. I'm thinking, well, what's going on? Somebody coming in to hunt on us or, you know, or something. Yeah. He said, there's a dove headed right our way. <laughs> and you got the worst. What that, what, what that dove's going to do. And she blows. She's seen us and was between us and the turkey and blowed and blowed and blowed. It's the point is like, just go on. But at that time, I threw my hands up in the air and I said, it's done. It's over. The turkeys are gone. <laughs> they're, they're, they're in the county. She's sitting the there stomping at you. <laughs> oh, yeah, doing the stomping thing and just, just went and leave. It seemed, it seemed like 15 minutes. It might have been three minutes, but I just kept on doing it. So I threw my hands up in the air, and then Nathan said, well, he said, I'm going to get a video of you running this box call. And he said, he said I'm going to put it on the caption. He said, even Tim Murdoch struggles from time to time. So I said, all right, we'll, we'll do a little little clip of this. And then all of a sudden, I'm starting to do that. And then Nathan looked, he said, man, the turkey's back on the hill. And then I, hmm. I had to come back to my senses. I said, all right, these turkeys are not liking this box call. Just yelp, 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 yelping at them. So I had a Jody Harrison little purr bar. Mm-hmm. And I told Nathan, I said, I'm going very light uh, yelping, and I'm going to just use this. And from the, you know, what my wife told me and Nathan and everything is those gobblers coming underneath that fence, and here they come. And it, at that time, it might have been three days for me, as it felt like, but, you know, it might have been 10 minutes, but they just kept working their way. And then, you know, as Nathan was great at that doing this you know telling me this man the sun's on them this is amazing you could just see the sunlight just bearing down on these, uh, on these birds so we had the same setup in that in that ground blind 
you know, and he bought a little holder, but it didn't fit his phone. So he said, well, he said, is this going to bother you if I just hold that viewer right over that that red dot? And I thought, this ain't going to work. <laughs> this yeah. ain't going to work. You're going to be able to hold that. And I said, well, I said, you know, that's all we got. So as the birds got closer and closer, Nathan, I could, I could just hear him going, <laughs> I mean, he was just, he was, he was an emotional wreck. And I, I quick witness as I am, I said, I said, Nathan, I said, don't you screw this up for me now. And he gave a little chuckle. He gave a little chuckle, and he's like, you know, and it calmed him down. Yeah. So he's back there, you know, and that bird come in on a, you know, the, there was actually three gobblers and I believe two hens that came into that setup. And, you know, of course, the left, the right. And I told Nathan, I said, when you say shoot, I'm shooting. About that time he shot, and it was that almost instant scream yell and i knew what happened in emotional mm-hmm. wreck again. and i mean it's it just it's just amazing that there's so many good people great people i should say in, in this in this industry and you know my dad gave me some advice when i was younger he said tim he said you surround yourself with good people good things happen you surround yourself with bad people bad things happen and i take that to heart and and you know absolutely you, you like full Life is full of choices. Every day we face these choices of, of right and wrong and what we got to do. And But I'm just saying that, you know, that that bird was, was down and the screaming and the hollering, the chest bumping. And Nathan, you know, you guys don't know, but he's like five foot seven and, and his little legs are going about faster than his little legs can run to go after that turkey. That's awesome. So you guys had a little, yeah, y'all had a little technical difficulty on that hunt with the little adapter for the scope kept coming off the scope. Uh, yeah. Oh, the first hunt, the second hunt. No, he he had to hold it there. Okay. His hands. I mean, yeah, he just, he just he held it, right? Yeah, he just held that thing, and I thought, like I said, I thought, man, this ain't gonna work. Just like the first time, but God proved Himself once again to me. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. That's well, awesome. So. I mean, that's incredible. And, you know, another thing the listeners may not realize, you are a box call, like, master in my mind. I mean, you absolutely sound incredible on a box call. And so what is it about the box that, that, like, drew you to it? Okay. Uh, Here's another little story. This is a background. It was about seven years ago. I was going hunting with my brother Roger in when he's going, you know, I was the typical guy. I'd have it at my vest. I'd have it up there for show. I never pulled them out. I might have called one or two or maybe three in my life with the box. It was always mouse. That's all I ever used. Mm-hmm. And he said, like he said here, run this box. He said, run this box call. And so I got it. And I've run it. I've called it the traditional style where the, the paddle is facing your belly. So I'm running it that way. He said, no, don't run it that way. He said, flip that thing around where the paddle's facing away from you and run it. Man, I was... I was just all over the place. I just didn't have no cadence to it. But as I got home, I thought, huh, that really, really intrigued me. And if, if the people that know me, I'm going to get that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really work on that. So the first box call, custom-made box call, was a Twist and Creek from Jeff McCainy. And I went on on Gobbler, and I found it. And I started running it backwards. And I got, you know, I thought pretty good at it. But then the, the kicker is, is I could run it several different ways. I could run the body. Now, you guys are probably thinking, what's he talking about the body? But I'm right-handed. I hold the paddle in my left hand, and I have that pad, I have the call straight in a line across my body, and I could take the body and work it and bring it up to the paddle and yelp that way. 
and you know, you might say, well, what do you want to do that for? And it, what it is, is I could take a box call, one box call, and I could get six, seven, maybe eight hen sounds out of one. It's the different way that you hold that and how it comes across that paddle, and you could get different hen sounds. Because, guys, you know, these box calls, they're, they're, they're a little pricey, and I'm going to get every mm-hmm. good a hen I can, I can out of that. <laughs> and it was just funny. Is I, I was laying in bed, and, and I just started doing it different ways. And I'm like, hey, I'm on to something right here. You know, I, I can't say I copied anybody because I blocked. I've never seen you know, anybody run it that way, so I started to run it that way. I could run it the way that the screw is up to the ceiling and running the body that way. I mean, there's, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of, of different ways you can run these things. And it's just amazing that the sounds you could get is just pure hen out of them boxes. Well, you got you got one laying around? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, yeah, what I want. Exactly. My, my wonderful assistant, Lisa, my wife, you know, guys, I can, <laughs> I can honestly say right here that my wife doesn't say nothing when I play these calls. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, I practice five, six hours a day. <laughs> I, I hear her laughing in the background. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you know, she, you know. She I go to work for peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I got up this hen yelping all day. It's, I mean, I'm not kidding, guys. It's five, six hours. Sometimes it's two, but I am every day. And I got a little eleven year old now. She won't say nothing, but if I got the door open in my bedroom, she'll come and shut it. <laughs> but she won't say nothing. A little passive, but I, I got passive aggressive my, my wife is very good to me. You know? I mean, she takes care of me. We love hearing him play this box called. Here, I'll, I'll I uh, do too. I got this long box. What I'll, I'll do? Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds good enough. And I'll, I'll go right into some uh, Jacobs for you guys. All right. Forest in Mississippi because he walked up to me two years ago and it literally sounds identical to what you just did. Yeah, and and you know, guys, I I'm sitting here and you know, and I, I get and I'll tell you about the power of a Jake Yelp, but I'm sitting here and you know, I'm hearing Jake Yelp, Jake Yelp, Jake Yelp, Jake Yelp, and I'm thinking, how am I going to Jake Yelp? So I got this long box and I just start experimenting with it. You know, I hold it where the paddle's away from me, and actually I pull on that paddle and put my left hand on the rail where I get that honky sound, and you're barely you're barely running it on that rail to get that honk, 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 honk. It's that running, uh, yelping sound oh, yeah. that a Jake makes. And, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you guys, and I'll give credit to Chris Walls. You guys probably know him, but he – he, he's the one that actually got me thinking about this Jake Yelpin thing. And what's so great about this is early in the season, let's just say you got three, four gobblers still kind of packed up together. You might have three, four, mm-hmm. six hens. Well, you got Brutus. I'll call Brutus the main one. I mean, he's he's keeping all these other gobblers at bay. <laughs> they ain't gonna, you know, the other ones are scared to death. They are just afraid of their lives, you know, big bully. You don't even look at your at, at my women. That's what he's thinking. So yeah. what I'll do is I'll, I'll get some some yelps with a mouth call, and then I'll start that Jake yelp, and then I might do another series, and then you put the call down because that 
that two or three year old, what it is, is bringing that two or three year old in his mind. He knows he's not going to be able to breed those those hens, but he knows he could come up there and whoop that Jake. Mm-hmm. And but mm-hmm. as, as he comes around, as he comes around through there, they're not going to gobble because you know they're still scared. And then all of a sudden, you'll see that red head coming, and it's just click. And I mean, I'm not saying it's going to work every time, but it's it's powerful, guys. It's very very powerful. Wow. So yeah. yeah so you know, you're I, I, you're using it to kill the subordinate gobblers a lot of folks think they need to use it to kill the big boy that you're using it to call well that's uh, awesome you know you you could you could still kill a three-year-old i mean the 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 head guy might be a three-year-old but he's still scared they might be you know brothers but he knows that he just can't whip that other gobbler and he'll peel off it's just it's just amazing you know later in the season if you get a stubborn gobbler over there and you start jake yelping you know in his mind is what's he doing over here what's he running his mouth about with my hen and they'll they'll come that mm-hmm. way too later in the season when they're they're by themselves and you might have a gobbler i mean i'll, I'll throw everything i can at them at, at, at times oh yeah well heck yeah i can i can say that the last two minutes of audio in this episode are going to hit the cutting room floor. We're not, Cameron and I are not letting this secret get out to everybody. We'll save it on our computers. That's right. That's right. That That's awesome. I mean, that's really some great calling. Well, thank you. And yeah, it's, it, you know, guys, well, people said it on here before it's practice. Whatever you put into it, you could get out of. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, I'm. Just, I'm not saying that. You know. I, I'm, I guess I'm basically saying is, if season opens on the 17th, please just don't be pulling these calls out April 15th. And so, man, I ain't got my stuff ready. You know, I told <laughs> guys, you know, you got, you got, you, you got from June until April to get your stuff right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, Absolutely. And that, that's, that's that's what it's all about, guys. It could be. Two or three days after season, I'm depressed, but I'll pull out a box and I'll start yelping at it because in my mind, every day I want to get better than I did the day before. Yeah, I don't want to think that I, I've I've maxed out. I'm not yeah. doing it to be arrogant. I'm just telling you this the plain truth. I think there's improvement I could do on my game as well. That's a good way to live life, right there. Yeah, and and you know, there's other things I've I've kind of known for is the gobbling. Yeah, let's let's you know, hear that because you you okay. shake the bottom of the box, right? Yeah, it's running the body, and it's it's kind of like the screw up towards the ceiling, and the lift the paddles in your left hand, and you're just you're just shaking your right hand. It's like kind of think picture it as you're shaking up some chocolate milk in a container. And when I do it, I don't go way out. I'm just going to maybe an eighth of an inch on both sides. And when I start off on on the right rail, I get that cow. That's what I try to do. But here, I'll run it one for you here. That's a pretty turkey's out there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I, I love throwing those, I love throwing those hen yelps into it. And I try to be as realistic as I can because, you know, as a hen will start to cut, cut, and I throw a gobbling her like he's cutting her off. Yeah. And I'm, I'm telling yeah, you, I mean, so. yeah, you try to be realistic in the woods as you possibly can. I mean, there's no, there's no script. I mean, every, every hunt is different. There's different tactics, mm-hmm. tactics for everything. And I'm going to tell you, as, 
does this gobbling work? I have guys ask me. Well, I could I could gobble a hen off the roost, and I'll have them circle on me, just like cat, 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 and just looking for that gobbler. And I've done it multiple times. Wow. You know, if you if you're able to to to, to pull a hen, you know, what what else? I mean, that's 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 pretty high in my books, you know. And I've I've called gobblers in by just gobbling on that. Just thinking, I was just one time I was with my buddy, and I said, I'm just going to gobble and see if this will work. I was able to gobble one in. He was able to take it. Yeah. I have never Young even guy. considered gobbling up the hens. <laughs> yeah, I've never even and, like halfway even thought about that. And then that's that two more thing minutes is, going on the cutting room floor right there too. <laughs> as, <laughs> well, as, as it goes, as I'll call him Brutus. He could be 150 yards away, and then he's like, "What's he doing? What's he up to?" Yeah, those are my hens. Turkeys are very soft. Yeah. there's a pecking order. You guys know, the listeners. There's a pecking order in this, in this, in these woods. And if you start gobbling, you know, I won't throw a bunch of gobbles out there. I'll try to make him sound like he's the beefcake of the bunch. But I will try to make my presence to be known. And if I could call that hen, who do you think's going to follow if he doesn't have a group of hens with him? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, that, I, I haven't even ever even considered that that's that's good insight right there no doubt well we've yeah. had a guest on the show several times several times who preaches realism and he's a guest that everybody loves when we have him on the show and it's preston Pittman and preaches mm-hmm. oh, preaches oh, yeah. preaches realism and you know one thing that that you just mentioned about in the gobbling that I think is realism to the nth degree is throwing in those hen yelps in the middle of those gobbles. Because if you've got a gobbler and a hen and that gobbler's gobbles, he's going to almost make that can, that hen at least cut two or three times. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I've never done that, but you better believe in 10 days I will be. <laughs> you know, my advice is when you start learning how to gobble, you know, I got a Facebook page. You know, it's it's Tim and Lisa Murdoch. You know, you guys could reach out to me. And I've worked with a lot of guys of, of calling different ways in this gobbling. And, you know, if I, my advice is don't say, well, I can't do that. Because, you know, the first time you're going to pick it up, you're like, I can't do that. I've had a bunch of guys. And I've had a bunch of guys. So I said, keep working it. Slow it down. Slow it down. You're not going to be able to get that right there off the get-go and go, blah, 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 hit that. It's to slow everything down until you you learn it. And, guys, it's it's a lot of muscle memory, a lot of muscle memory. One of my, my yelps, mm-hmm. I've, had TJ, I've had TJ Johnson say, he said, your, your starting point is immaculate because it's always at the same point. And, I, and I've always said this. I was watching a video back in the day. When I had my site. It was a Matt Moret. And I believe it's Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton was looking at his box call. He said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm, I'm playing this box call. He said, what are you looking at it for? He said, what? He said, you look at your guitar when you play your guitar? He said, don't look at it. I mean, that's, you know, even, you know, I don't look at my box. And, you know, it's, just, it's yeah. just one of them things. You just, and Uncle Siebert, this is another of my buddies, he said, you better know what that box is going to sound like before you pull it out. If you're second guessing that box, don't use it. Confidence is huge yeah. especially with the box mm-hmm. call some some mornings it might be 40 degrees and i might have a box well it plays better when it's 55 i'm not pulling that box call out i'll save that for my back mm. pocket later in the day 
But that morning, I know, because I go outside at my house at 40 degrees, I know what that box is going to sound like in 40 degrees. I know what that one's going to sound in 50 degrees as it warms up mm. throughout the day. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't want to muddy up the, the waters for listeners, but there's some things that I like to think about before I do it. That's amazing. Wow. I mean, I, I've had over the seven years that I've been doing the show, I've had, I can't tell you how many people that I would consider masters and world champion turkey callers and box makers on this show. And no one at all has mentioned about how differently a box will perform at 40 degrees and 60 degrees. And you know that they do because wood expands and contracts. Yeah, it gets tight. Yeah. And you know, without a doubt, that that affects the sound of that box call. And I, I mean... Again, you're giving me stuff I hadn't thought about because, you know, there have been times when I've run a box and I thought, God, I suck on a box today. And I, and I probably <laughs> did, but well, maybe no, I didn't. Maybe it was the box no, at that uh, point absolutely. in time. What, what we hear at, at 10 yards, you get out a little bit from it. From 30 yards, it sounds different. Oh, yeah. But that 30 yards is their equivalent to like 100 yards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And... And it, it's not all just beating and banging on a box. I'm telling you, the, the soft calling. And I run the body, and I'm able to know exactly on that paddle where I bring the body up to it, I could get the soft yelps. It, it's a, it, these great call makers all across the country, you know, the Marlon Watkins, Jeff McCain's, the Nathan Taylors, Chris Ness, you know, their trees, all these guys, Preacher Man, all these guys make wonderful boxes. I've played a lot of boxes from different guys, and they all sound different, and they will all kill turkey. But you got to know that box. you got to know exactly – I know what that box will sound like before I'm going to make a sound. I don't want to have it in my head like, oh, gosh, I don't know about this call. I shouldn't be running it. No, I won't take it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and another thing is clucking. Clucking is powerful because a, 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 a turkey, a hen, is always communicating in the bunch. They're always doing that soft yelping, that soft stuff. They're always communicating with one another. They're not always out to, for a royal rumble. You know, some guys get in there and, they, you know, you could, you could power cut at these, at these hens. And I've done it, too. I'm not saying it don't work, but what I have learned is if, if i got a hen that is wanting to challenge me, I kind of make it sound like she's controlling the situation. She wants to cut 18 times. I'm coming at it five times. And at first, I'm cutting her off. And then I try to flip the script where she's cutting me off. Hmm. You know, and I'm not saying it works every time, but if, if it's got a 5% chance of working, I'm going to do it. And I just 5% is pretty good yeah. odds. Times. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, like I said, what won't work today might work tomorrow. But I, I you know, honestly, I believe clucking because I've heard it many a times in in the woods in West Virginia. That hen just cluck, 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 walking, looking for a hen or for a gobbler. She's not out there, bah, 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 not doing that all the time. She's just going through there with those subtle clucks. I got another box. I mean, let me do a little little clucking that I like to do. I like the stuff that gets that throaty clucks i like a little more throaty clucks i don't i get when then how i do it is i get down inside the box it sounds weird but i barely open that box and the only thing i'm doing is just flicking my wrist just flicking it just but here let me run this one for you (laughs) 
Man. Something like that. I just I just think it's it's realistic. I try mm-hmm. to sound like him, you know, and, and it's just a hint. It's walking, you know. I can't do it. I can't walk through the woods like some of these, like a lot of these guys can. But if if you can make that realism of walking and clucking, I mean, it's it's powerful. I'm telling you, it's it it, it yeah. really works. I can see her. And, and and you know another thing, I give advice to guys that first start running a box call is not to flail their arms out. What I'm saying is it's all wrist action. Just mm-hmm. think, just imagine somebody's going to take a piece of rope and they're going to tie your arm to your body. And the only thing you can do is, is your wrist, and that's where the key is. That's where you get that break into that call. Mm. Yep, into it. And that, I mean, just just try to keep everything. And I, I don't want to muddy the waters up for a lot of guys. Like my gosh, he's throwing all this stuff at me. But you pick one particular thing, you work at it, and you get good at it. Then move on to the next thing. Yeah. So you you said Jeff McCamey, he had you call at his booth at the convention a couple of years ago? Well, that's, that's how it kind of started. You know, my, my daughter, we went down there in 2015, I believe it was. And we started going down there and I started, you know, I was getting pretty decent at the box at that time. And I was sitting there, I was calling and, and then Kaylin said, you're drawing a crowd. And it was like <laughs> people coming over watching me running these box calls, you know. And then Jeff said, hey, next year I got an idea. He said, I want you to get behind the booth here. He said, I want you to call. He said, I want you to demonstrate how you're doing these things. I want you to show, you know, showcase the boxes itself. Guys, it's not about me. It's about these call makers. That's what I want. First and foremost, that's what I want to say. It's all about these wonderful call makers that make these, I'm going to call them musical instruments. Yeah. But it's up to you to make that, get the best sound you can out of a box. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was able, you know, to, to run at his booth. And I've been doing it for a few years now and I've really enjoyed it. I, I have a great time with it. And, you know, try to help people, you know, because that's all I can do. And I'll pick out calls for guys, you know, people will message me and say, hey, pick me up two calls or three calls or whatever. Well, what I play versus you play, it, it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll send them sound files, and but I, I could pick you out the best sound on box, but you might be thinking, uh, that's terrible. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, it's just anything. Put your time and effort into it. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. You need a lot of great, a lot of great call makers throughout this industry you know it's just i've had a great time with it heck yeah so how many days do you think you'll be able to get out and hunt this spring you know my buddy Hound, he he's retired so as long as it ain't raining we're trying to uh take other people who are you know we can get the guy you know i'm all about it guys i'm i'm all about wanting to take the new people in you know my daughter kaylin She's coming in. She lives up here in Wisconsin. She's coming there towards the end of April. And I'm going to tell you guys, that, that, that girl right there will hunt, hunt harder than me, you, and every, a lot of listeners put together. <laughs> I've never seen nothing like it. I've been deer hunting with her. It'd be soaking wet. It'd be 20 degrees out there. And she's in the tree stand. And I would say, you about ready to go? And then she said, well, we could call mom. I'm thinking, yes. And then she could bring us some dry clothes so we could change. <laughs> I mean, she ate up with it and I thought, oh no man, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to have me some good old Campbell soup, some coffee, you know, warm up. But I mean she's ate up with it. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. 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 Good deal. Well Tim man, I thoroughly have enjoyed this and you know, yeah. I want the listeners of the show to be able to see the video of the hunt with you in West Virginia. Is it on your Facebook page? No, nope, that's actually on Game Over I believe it's game. It's on our page, yeah. 
but it's game over outdoors. That's who it was with Ross Melinger. And but yeah, it, you could you could go through you know in the past and, and catch that hunt. Okay. All right. and the one with Shane, the, the Shane Simpson one. It's on YouTube. Okay. okay. All right. Awesome. Well, I want I want everybody to be able to see those and you know be able to hear a little bit more about your you well hear hear more about your story, but also be able to to experience those hunts with you and you know oh, absolutely you, yeah you sharing them with us is was awesome and you know that's i mean shoot if somebody doesn't get fired up about turkey hunting after listening to you and yeah. hearing the tips that you've given i mean you're just not a hunter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. just a little more advice i know i don't want to get long-winded with any of this but there's there's some guys that says you know pick a call out for me or whatever if you get the opportunity to go to to Nashville, to Unipoy, and there's a lot of great call builders there. You know, you check out Nathan Taylor uh, from Higher Calling Calls or or the Jeff McCaneys of the world, Marlon Watkins, T.J. Johnson. The list goes on and on. But if you're able to go to these shows and put your hands on these calls, you could call these call makers and they could send you a sound file, but until you get that into your hand, because some guys are a little, as they, uh, Marlon would say, sinker fingers. They're a little heavier on the calls. They gotta have a heavier lid. A, a, a walnut lid is not gonna work for them. But if you're able to go to these shows and be able to call on these boxes, I mean, I just, I just can't say enough about that. Yeah, Marlon has forgotten more about box calls than I will ever oh. know about them. Oh, he, he's the, he's the grand poobah, as I call him. Yeah. You know, I, I have a special relationship with him, and I just whatever he says, I listen. I mean, he's like E of Hutton. You know, if he's telling me, he'll say, Tim, that call doesn't suit you. Hey, take it away. Here, give me something else, Marlon. He's he's fantastic gentleman to, to work with, him and Jeff and all these guys, all these call makers. I just, I enjoy this, guys. I'm ate up with it 24-7. I get guys calling me quite a bit, and I just, hey, I'll talk turkey all day long. Heck, yeah. I love it. Well, I, you got me fired up. I'm ready to go in 10 days myself. And good luck to you on the youth hunt Absolutely. up there and for Thank the rest you. of your season. Yeah, yeah hopefully I'll, I'll be all right, able to call in with that box. I probably need a little more practice, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you figure it out pretty good. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's a good time. You know, there, there's a million more things, guys. I, I could sit here and talk to you guys for hours and hours and hours and talk about chalk on all of this and that. But there's there's a lot that, that, that goes into this stuff. But, you know, the main thing is practice, 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 practice. That's well, what all the world champions those, say. We might have to get you yeah. back here in a couple weeks or months and, and get you to tell us a little more about some chalk and things like that because I have a oh, feeling – some folks wouldn't mind listening that, to you a little more. Yeah, it, it's the conditioning of the chalk, you know. Well, I get a spring squeal. I got, you know, I, if, it, if if a box stall's done it, I've, I've gone through it. Yeah, because I'm going to venture to say you, you probably have as much, if not more, experience running box calls than some box call makers. And yeah, I got I got some time in there. I got I definitely got time into it. But yeah. I enjoy it, guys. I really do. But this ain't about me. It's about the call makers. What 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 they're able to produce is just phenomenal. You know, back in the day, you know, there were some uh, Lynch boxes. I ain't knocking them. Not knocking them one bit. But they they've come a little way since then. Yeah. You know, I've got a Lynch box myself, and I I love running it. Yeah. Well, those cedar boxes will do what those cedar boxes will do. That's and right. Absolutely. There's, there's you do a lot the best of, you can with it. Yeah, you're right. There's There's been a lot of turkeys die to them, and oh. 
there's also a lot of other woods out there that can do some different things. And so, yeah, you know. all, all these wood species, different sounds of different hens. Yeah, mm. no doubt. Very, yeah, very man, cool. this, is, this has been so much fun. I thoroughly have enjoyed this and I agree with Cameron. We definitely need to get you back on and just really deep dive into more box box call and chalk and all the little intricacies with a, with these calls again here soon yeah. before your season gets cranked up for you. Well, I thank you guys. I really appreciate you. It was a, it was a blessing, a true blessing on my part and an honor to talk to you guys. You guys are phenomenal. You know, I listened to your podcast and I just, you know, I'm always looking for tips myself. Well, you know, I whatever, whatever you I can that. pick up. Yeah. I mean, you guys do a, a phenomenal job. Well, Thank you very much. You know, it's we, we try to do good and I'm glad to hear you yeah. you are enjoying it and you know, we'll we'll keep trying to stay true and do it right and produce something that's educational for folks. Yeah. Oh yeah, you guys I can tell that you guys put a lot of work into it and you guys are on your game. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah. That means a lot. Well, awesome. Man, I I hope you have a great night and you said your wife's name is Lisa? Yes, sir, Lisa. All right. Tell Lisa thank you. From us. Yeah. Thanks for loaning him to us, Lisa. Thank you so much. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. There's just one more thing I'll let you go. You guys doing this gobbling stuff, you're on public land. Just be careful. Please just be careful with it. Especially if you sound like Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm fortunate, you know, that I have some private land because my eyesight, I can't, you know, I'm taking my little girl and I just can't see and. And I, you know, it's just, it's just one of them things, you know, and I got a, I got a really good place to hunt that I'm just asking everybody just to be careful of, of doing that goblin and stuff and it, what attracts hunters. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. That's I just little. shared both of those hunts on our Facebook page. So both of the hunts should be up pretty much up front. Thank okay. You. Great. And yeah. that's on him, Lisa Murdoch, right? On Facebook. Yeah. Yes. Correct. And it's M-U-R-D-O-C-H or O-C-K? O-C-K. I spell it the right way. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. All right. right. Thank you all so much. Yeah, I've enjoyed this. It's been a great interview, great talk. So thank you all, and we'll talk again soon. All right. Be praying for you guys. Be praying for all the hunter safety and everything. I mean, just, just be careful. Do you guys listening understand now why I said that Cameron had to twist my arm into leaving those parts of the interview in the interview for you to hear it. You know, and and he made a joke last week about the fact that usually he's the more secretive or selfish one. Yeah, that's what's weird to me. It's usually like, you know, hey, we need to help people with this thing. I'm like, screw them. I don't want them to know anything. (laughs) I want all Which is why you host a podcast. Yeah. About it's turkey. just so it's just for self gratification, so I can talk about turkeys. It doesn't do anybody else. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. So those box call tips at the end of the interview. I mean, just like I said in the interview. You know, I've interviewed. I can't tell you how many world champion, grand national champion turkey callers, box call makers, and here we're getting stuff from a guy that doesn't make turkey calls that just knocks your socks off i mean it's just that good and yeah. so and i mean what a story too i mean oh yeah yeah the fact that i mean he's he's like you know how god has blessed him and everything and i i just really appreciate his outlook on things and i'm really appreciative of shane simpson you know taking him and letting him get that turkey with him because 
you know, that turkey he missed obviously tore him up pretty bad or, or that he didn't get to shoot at. I can't imagine. And yeah. then Nathan Taylor and those boys taking him out and getting him another one. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. That, that is turkey hunting right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 There's no doubt about it. I mean, it just, you take all that garbage on social media and all the infighting and you can just trash it because this interview right here just, it makes me, I guess it's an affirmation of what I already know. And that is when it comes down to it, every hunter out there deep down is a good person and, you know, will do things for others who are not quite as fortunate. And so, you know, just what Cameron said, my hat's off to those guys and all of you listening to the show who volunteer your time in the woods with a gun in your own hands to take others who are either inexperienced or just not able to go do the entire process of a turkey hunt on their own. Yeah, so. absolutely. And if any of y'all are in southern states, I know I'm involved with a ministry called Hope Outdoors, and we take a lot of disabled hunters turkey and deer hunting and we have a chapter in west tennessee north alabama mississippi if you're interested in doing something along those lines check out the website and call them up your nearest chapter and see if they need some help yeah it's it's pretty awesome and so they already have all the equipment and everything you need you know so that people who you know can't see or in a wheelchair they have the gun mounts and everything you need to do that kind of hunt yeah. So check that out. But awesome interview. Went from a really cool story of his first turkey and all that stuff to, you know, his incidents. And then dude comes in with just incredible information for everybody. <laughs> I mean, talk about, you can't even say coming in hot. I mean, talk about yeah. going out hot. Yeah. And I also want to point out the calling he did, you know, over the phone. It sounded good. Don't get me wrong. It's over the phone. And remember that because it sounds significantly even better over live video go check out his facebook page tim lisa murdoch and he has a lot of videos of him running a box on there and it, it's unbelievable yeah i can't imagine in the turkey woods from 70 yards what it's you know sounding like <laughs> yeah yeah no doubt yeah. the that's one of the things that i really hate about you know having someone who's really good at calling on the show and having them demo their calling for us is that a phone, a telephone no microphone is is bad. Yeah, there's just no justice. No. And then you take what Cameron and I do to the audio, because we're two slow-talking Southern boys, we speed the audio up so that you're not listening to me talk like this during the whole interview. So it sounds a lot quicker. And by doing so, it condenses and speeds up the calling sequence, which makes the cadence much faster than it really is in real life. So keep that in mind when you're listening to these, not just Tim, but anyone yeah. calling Next on this we show. somebody running a call for us too. <laughs> yes, we do. He knows a little bit about running turkey call. Yeah. So. Next week, we got another awesome interview for everybody. An absolute legendary turkey hunter. I think you'll all enjoy that one. Uh, before before we turn everybody loose, I just have to say this, and I'm gonna, I know I'm going to say it again next week, but we we started this interview and i mean i barely got this guy's name out of my mouth before he just starts going and just running with it are you talking about next week yeah oh my god yeah, that's week. what 
I told my brother, I was like, it was, I mean, I guess it was an interview. Like <laughs> we said hello. And then he just like started talking about turkeys. And then, you know, 40 minutes later, he's like, all right, see you guys yeah, later. Gotta go. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. He's it definitely awesome. passionate. Next week's interview is yeah. pretty cool. I love it. But so, well, why don't you wrap us up? I'd say the favor of the week this week, I'll give it same as it has been the past couple weeks since we're kind of just launching this support our sponsor call that number andy gave you and order some sausages or crab cakes or whatever they have to offer you might just ask what they have on the menu and see what you can order and they'll deliver it right to your house so do that real cajun market great favor of the week and yeah. with that we're going to say thank you guys so much for tuning in this week we know that you have choices and we appreciate you spending your time with us we hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.